0: What's going on everybody? This is our second episode of our podcast Break the Bread. Thank you for joining us. Here today we have Adam, we have Nancy, we have Christy, we have Yer, we have Yang. Um Today Adam will be leading this podcast so thanks for joining in.
1: Uh, for this podcast we are going to learn about psychology through christianity and i wanted to bring this topic up is that you know i wanted to take a different approach of what how to look into the psychological aspect of what a christian is and i know that a lot of us as mong as asian americans you know we ne- it's never really something to bring about to talk about as like, you know, we go through mental disorder, we go through mental health disorder, you know, and I really wanted to bring this up towards the youth, towards anyone who's listening to this. And yeah, you know, just a disclaimer, I know it is a very sensitive topic. And, you know, this is just something that we should bring up. And as leaders, this is something that we should bring up for us to understand and how to detect these things, too, because we know that a lot of families, you know, maybe one or two has uh, someone who is mentally disabled or someone who has a mental disorder. You know, for example, someone who's like depressed or someone who has bipolar or someone who has uh, schizophrenia. And so we want to come to an understanding of what mental disorder is as a Christian I want us to understand that, you know, where do we draw the fine line for them to get the professional help that they need? And so it goes into our very first psychological question is, how do we understand someone who has a mental disorder, you know, like an emotional disorder, too? It's not just mental disorder. For us to understand this question, we need to understand that mental is not just about how we think, but it's also how we feel too. So that's why I said mental slash emotional disorder.
0: (laughs) Well, I think when it comes to um, just like a disorder in general, I think for me personally, I think the best way is just to try to be open-minded and patient with the person. Um, Because I feel like it's really hard to see what a person goes through or what kind of battle they're dealing with just for me, speaking from my opinion, because, like, I'm, you know, we're not medically trained, we don't know, like, how to actually, like, really reach someone in this position, just because, like, it's a very sensitive topic, and we just don't know um, our opinion's the best choice, but I I honestly think uh, you just have to be very patient, open-minded, and you just try to be, like, very understanding as possible to them, and uh, you know like just see them as a person I think a lot of times people with disorders they just don't feel normal and so they deal with this battle of just trying to be a regular person but they just feel like they're not.
2: Okay Um. so the question was how can we help understand someone who has a mental or emotional disorder Um. I think as like uh, people who do serve at you know in the church setting Um, that's a very um, good advantage for us because we are surrounded by people often. And so I think just um, being not like, I mean, like just doing your research too, like just having knowledge of the different, um, like recognizing signs and symptoms will help also because you don't have to like know exactly like oh that person has maybe like schizophrenia when you see that person but just having not like just being knowledgeable of like what you may encounter will help you understand someone who may have that mental disorder or whatnot um yeah so just being just being knowledgeable in some sense (laughs) if that makes sense
3: makes sense
4: that makes sense Wow, I had all these answers in my head, and now I don't know what I'm gonna say. Um, (laughs) I think you brought up a good point. um, Definitely recognize when someone is going through something, um, and be there for them. Listen to. I think it's, I think it's very easy to say all of this, but Mm. at the end, I don't think. I think if you do see it and you do recognize it and you're trying to help, you shouldn't do it alone. Um, yes. Like I said, we aren't, you know, we don't specialize in this and, you know, we, I think it's okay to ask for help um, to help someone who like, who has these signs and symptoms of like schizophrenia or depression. Um Yeah. I think it's okay to ask for help and maybe not like explain every single detail to, 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 the person who you're asking help from, but like, you know, just to see like what they, other people's opinions about it and like see how they, how you guys can
3: help that person together. <clears throat> um, I agree. Um, I think, I don't think anyone if you've never come across it before I don't think you will understand how you react to people who do have uh, mental disorders um like for example like going into like psych wards for like clinicals <coughs> and stuff you know you kind of have the basic um example of what like a psych patient uh would be like so everyone thinks like oh a psych patient's they're gonna be crazy they're gonna you know everything's gonna be crazy everyone's gonna be doing all this kind of crazy stuff but when you walk in you know a lot of them are really normal people and then next thing you know they kind of flip so and a lot of it is they don't see that they have an issue um it could be reality for them and then another thing is just um (coughs) oh yeah i don't know where i'm going with this but like justin said i think the best thing you can do <clears throat> is treat them like a human being you know like just because you have um schizophrenia doesn't mean you are any different um your the chemicals in your brain or your body they're just off balanced and um like we are fortunate that we don't have that um and we are i guess in for lack of better words like we're normal and yeah. we do black um chemicals in our brains you know and like what christy was saying like you know uh, with the whole church thing like i it's such um people have i don't okay mental disorders i believe that a lot of people can mis um interpret that for like being like possessed or you know um called up whatever how you say that like you know someone has like a demon around them or someone has like you know like um something spiritual is following them i mean i'm pretty sure deep down inside there's something spiritual going on you know maybe like the christians and all that other stuff oh yeah just about how the church thinks that it's um something spiritual and i'm sure it is i'm sure there's a lot to do with um something spiritual but also i think uh, the church it, they don't know enough about uh, mental disorders and i think they kind of that's their escape by just saying oh just pray over it because you know it's it's just like da that's bothering you and stuff <clears throat> and um oh i, I use an example of a of um in my nursing cohort there was a girl um that began to hear voices and she was hearing a lot of voices and they were talking to her and she kind of kept it to herself and she was just like failing uh, exams and and everything and she was actually close to failing but um she reached out to me and another girl and I think that's important for anyone going through any kind of mental um, disorders for you to reach out, like what Mindzo was saying, reach out to someone you can trust if you don't know what to do. And and hopefully the people that you trust can help you figure out who you can reach out to. You know, like we're not equipped to fully understand and help you because we don't specialize in, um, in these areas. We don't, we're not normally around people with mental disorders. We don't go to school for it. We don't all, we don't always have the right questions or right answers and right replies. Sometimes silence is the best um, therapy for people that have mental issues and, and silence allows uh, people with mental disorders to reflect and talk about things, you know? So it's just, We, I would never know that unless I went to school for it, you know? So, um, yeah, I think in order for us to understand you, you just have to treat these people like human beings. They're just like you. They're just like me. They just have a little bit, um, of a difference, you know? And I think, um, not being judgmental and, um, trying to empathize with them is the best thing you can do because, you know, we think we go through struggles, but they're over here like caught up in their mind you know and and it's just it's completely different from what we experience but yeah go ahead Adam
1: yes it is a very great point that you brought that up Nancy you know like talking about schizophrenia it, it's when you diagnose schizophrenia you know people start to hear things and so they automatically think that that's a spiritual word for it. That like that's when they start hearing demons. That's where they start hearing spirit. But that's really the brain. Like it's a it's a chemical imbalance of the brain. And so it's really important for us to bring this up too, that um what how we see things as leaders, we need to guide them to get the help that they need. You know, like we may, we may come to just understanding, like maybe barely the surface of it but for us to understand that they need help we need to seek that help for them for the people who has that you know and um, we talk about depression you know like people who go through a lot of depression but it's like when people talk about depression it's a bad day you know it's like mm-hmm. someone who just goes through a bad day or a bad time but it's not really that it's a feeling So, yeah, like we talk about, you know, mental disorder and spiritual warfare. You know, society talks about mental disorder and how to manage that. Spiritual warfare talks about that and how to pray over that. And then we look and study a person thoroughly to understand what it means to have a disorder, you know. And so this next question is, when should we say that someone needs to seek professional help to determine that this is more of a of a mental disorder than it is a spiritual problem?
0: Mm-hmm. I think when you're you kind of see yourself or you're starting to put yourself in danger, like endanger yourself, is when you need to seek professional help. I don't think there's. Like you could probably just do it beforehand, but I personally think like if you ever get to the point where you are just feeling like life isn't worth it, or you're starting to cut yourself or do anything that's harmful, is when you need to seek help right away, or you should have been seeking help or reaching out to someone else. Um, yeah, I think um, there's not really like any point where you should say like i don't need help i think as long as you feel that is it something you can't deal with yourself that you should go on and seek help
2: yeah um jumping from that um i believe anytime you do recognize a sign or a symptom then that's pretty like pretty much like a good time for you to maybe seek help but again it's really up to that person too but um Mm -hmm. Like Jay said, I think whenever you feel like it's getting out of where, like where you can't control it anymore, then yeah. <laughs> um, because I feel like sometimes like you can still control like, okay, like uh, let's say for like, depression or whatnot there, you know, like you're, you're still going through like, like your normal routines or whatnot, but then, you know, maybe there are times where something triggers you to, um, think about certain memories or certain times or cer- a certain person or whatnot there and so you know it maybe it's just a moment where you're feeling down but maybe when it's con- when it's going out of control where you can't control like the amount of time or like how long you're you know laying in bed overthinking everything then you know maybe that's a good time to actually seek professional help.
4: I agree um I going along with that, I think when you notice that they are someone an individual is a is going along the lines of possibly hurting themselves talking about wanting to end their lives or just you know going I don't want to say going over the line but like you know like when you start noticing these things and I think that's when you should definitely help them seek help. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I think that's one of the main things in order to help someone.
3: Um, yeah. um, I'm going to be bringing up school a lot only because that's the only, um, how do you say it? That's the only time I've ever been exposed to, like, any kind of um, yeah. You know, something that regards uh, mental um, disabilities. But one thing I learned in school is um, people go to the hospital to get treated for pneumonia and treated for a broken leg because the hospital treats um, physical disabilities, you know, things that you need that doctors can help you with. People go to um, psych wards, psychiatric wards to get treated for the mind because it's also a disability. So it's the same thing. It's just hospitals treat physical things, mental hospitals treat the mind. So, um, I think a lot of people think, um, that, you know, it's, it's something like that's out of the world, but it's, you know, you're still a patient. You're still, um, you're still treating someone. It's just a different, um, different point of your body i guess you could say i also think um like i would love to go to therapy and i don't think anyone who doesn't have a mental disorder shouldn't go to therapy um i would love to go to therapy to um get my emotions out or to talk to someone to (laughs) to clear my thoughts and stuff and so i don't think that um um there's a certain criteria to to get any kind of professional help in the sense where you, you want to talk to a therapist. But, um, like you guys were saying there, um, there are criterias if we're talking about like psych issues, you know? So that's, um, that's when you think about like, you know, if you're cutting yourself, uh, they consider people who are uh, like a danger to yourself or a danger to others. Or, um, if you cannot afford to like, um, feed yourself, or if you can't take care of yourself or find shelter that's also um criterias for you you can't you don't have an option to seek help anymore they 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 actually keep you in to help you because it, the mental disorder cripples you that much you know so um in terms of like when do we think it's i forgot the question but when we think is a, it's a right time to seek help or like you know tell people to seek help i think um i don't think there's ever like a right time in terms of like oh now you're finally um cutting yourself so you should definitely go like i think in general when someone reaches out to you or when you see that you know there are like we are help as well when we see that people are going through things and we reach out that's already us trying to help them and trying to you know um, get them to a place where they possibly need to be, you know, <laughs> we're like already the first responders in that sense. But, um, I, yeah, I don't think, um, I don't think there's specifically a right or wrong time. I just think, um, well, obviously there, there are right and wrong times, but then I'm just saying like, you know, um, obviously like everyone was saying when you're a danger to yourself, danger to others, when you can no longer help yourself. Um, that's definitely already, like, you already should have been, um, seeking help, but, um, I guess to encourage people who might be going through mental issues and they don't want to reach out, like, if people, like, if normal people, you, with quotes, want to reach out to just go to therapy, you know, or to just, um, speak out and have a chat with their girls, um, then that should just encourage you that you know it's it's okay it's never there's never a wrong time to reach out to someone you know uh yeah i think i'm just babbling.
4: no like basically you're saying it's not limited to just what we see um (laughs) when someone is like endangering their lives it's not limited to that um i really like what you brought up like it's you can seek help anytime and you can encourage someone to seek help anytime like if if they do need therapy, and I think, I think society kind of, like, looks down on, on, on receiving therapy.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that.
4: And, you know, I've had a few friends who they talk about their, how, how much it's, it's helped them, and, and I think, you know, in general, we should, like, put some light on that, and, like, encourage that, because, like, you know sometimes people just need to be heard and listened to and <laughs> sometimes we're not enough you know and, mm-hmm. and I think that's what therapy is there I mean they do a lot more I'm not sure what they do exactly but yeah I really like how you brought that up that you know it's not just limited to when someone's like <clears> on the verge of like taking their life you know
3: and you know along with the therapy thing um a lot of people also look down on like people taking medications for psych issues and um i just want to encourage people to like not be ignorant and understand that you know just because you take medications or don't be afraid to to allow yourself to take medications because people look look down on you like um like i said it's it's a chemical thing okay it's a chemical thing and these medications help with that, you know, I mean, as much as you don't want to be, oh, I'm taking meds for, like, psych issues and stuff. No, it's not even about that, like, do what you need to do, you know, take therapy, do therapy, talk to people, take your meds, and everything else will follow, I guess.
0: Yeah, for sure. I guess to add on to it, I think, like, when, I think people refuse help, in a sense, because it's looked down upon, it's because when they seek, like, say, if I told you that I was going to therapy or I was taking pills, it makes me seem like I'm not a normal person anymore. Like it takes me point of, out of that spot where I'm like, I'm crazy now because I'm getting yeah. help or I'm, I'm taking pills now to feel like a normal person. I think that's why mm-hmm. it, it makes people afraid to seek help in that sense. So just like a random thought question I had, like, so what happens now to you guys? Like if someone refuses help, what do we do then? Like if you guys are trying to help me and I mm-hmm. refuse to take help or to take pills?
2: honestly the
3: yeah like <laughs> <laughs> is, dude, the best thing you can do is encourage someone like you know you can't force someone's hand um yeah. it's just like it's kind of like the whole alcohol anonymous thing like I can't tell you to stop, taking, to, to stop drinking alcohol. I can't help you unless you want to help yourself. The best thing I can do is point you to the right directions. I can tell you where Alcoholics Anonymous is. I can, you know, offer to be there with you every time you feel like you want to drink. So I can, you know, um, what is it? Uh, distract you from wanting to drink. But at the end of the day, when I'm not there, you're going to do what you want to do. So it's just like you have to find it in yourself to see if you want to continue getting help you know and it's it's not that it makes you bad if you don't want to um, seek help but i think there comes you know when people say you know when you hit your lowest that's when you're yeah. like oh, i do need help so i mean i'm not saying everyone's going to get there but people who don't want to um who don't want help um i think they're just being stubborn and maybe they're scared but i think when they hit a certain point they'll finally realize like oh shoot i do need help and i don't think it's something you can force on someone Not that you can't, but people won't learn until, you know, they really have to learn, you know?
1: Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Can I rephrase that question? Yeah. Go for it. What if, like, someone say, I don't want the help because nobody cares about me anymore? How would you go upon of, like, you know, we build this relationship with that person, and then they come up to you and say that and be like, I don't know how to help you <laughs> at this point. Like, how do you help someone who's, I want the help because nobody cares anymore. So why should I care for my health or why should I care for myself?
3: Oh gosh, you know, the first, um, I think a lot of us, the first response would be like, okay, well then you could, like, I ain't gonna help you no more. But like at the end of the day, I think, I think all of us have maybe come across someone like that before. And I think the best thing you can do is just, be there with them, you know, like be there alongside them, if, even if they think you're just there to like to look good, whatever, or something, you know, encourage them, be with them, constantly tell them like, you know, look, I'm doing this because I care for you and I, I I, want you to get help, you know, and it's not even like you're trying to make yourself feel better, but I think it's ultimately at the end of the day, you you authentically care for someone enough that despite them telling you all these things about you know you not caring and stuff you're there for them you know
0: mm-hmm. well, i think like whenever i encounter something like this or someone's tries to turn me away or feel this way i just try i think like i try to take a step back and just love them from a distance like even though like, i'll give them some space but like i'll still care for them without them like physically seeing me or doing anything next to them but, like i'll still watch over them through social media, whatever they're doing, I'll ask their family or seek around, like, just to see how they're doing. But I think for me personally, I would take a step back just because oh. sometimes, like, they just can't see it because you're doing so much. And, you know, it just it's just not there.
3: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think the hardest part is, um, like, understanding that sometimes you're not the one that's meant to help them, you know? That is
0: true, you,
3: yeah. Uh, you could be doing all you want, and at the end of the day, the moment you take a step back, somebody comes and saves the day. And it's it's like, at the end of the day, I'm thankful for that. But, you know, like, it takes a blow because you're like, man, I tried so hard. And, you know, they didn't respond to me. And all of a sudden, someone comes and, you know, they were able to help them. So what did I do wrong? But it, I don't think it's that you did anything wrong. I think sometimes people are just receptive to others. Um, maybe, maybe you've been there for so long that, you know, they just, you know, kind of like, I'm mean to my sister because she's my sister. So it's kinda like maybe you've been there so long that you're kind of just like there with them, you know? So they don't they don't see you in that light. And then someone else from a different perspective and atmosphere comes and it changes everything.
1: I
0: definitely
1: agree. Definitely. Um anyone else? Nope. Okay.
2: No, I'm good. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yes you know you guys brought up some really good point in that like like i said we built this relationship with them and we help them so much through going through thick and thin and then at the end you know it's like someone else come and like it just switched them like three like 180 and then they become all better but that's also another way where we say we invest in them so much that like we think that we can help them but God is not like, nope, you think, like, I have different plans for you for now, for this moment, for this time, and for us to understand that part as a leader, too, that we're just their guide. We're not there to help them, like, we're their guide, but we're also there as, like, a friend, you know, as, a, as this relationship that we need, a, we need to have boundaries between us and them. And so, you know, when we say that someone needs to seek professional help, it comes, us, it comes down to us saying that, you know, we don't, want to, we don't want to admit that they're sick. You know, like what Jay said earlier, we have to respect them as a human being. But we also have to say that, you know, they really do need the help. And that this is more of a mental disorder than it is of a spiritual problem. Now, I'm not saying that spiritual problem is like, you know, out of, out, of the, out of the window or anything like that. I believe in spiritual problem, okay? We grew up believing in spiritual problem and praying over them and like, you know, having demons and all that. But, you know, we have to draw the fine line of saying that this is, that this is a mental disorder that they need help. They need to seek professional help with. You know, and in some extreme cases, you know, with the disorder that people have, you know, with like depression, with schizophrenia, hearing, hearing their thoughts and everything, it makes them go through the extreme, extreme of like committing the ultimate sin, which is suicide. And so, this next question goes into order of asking Do you think God is willing to forgive that person for what they did for, you know, committing suicide because of their mental disorder?
0: Well, I'd just like to start off by saying, like, I think personally, we can't speak for God on what he will or won't do. But, no, I think we're always hopeful, though. You know, we're always hopeful that he does forgive people for things, you know for, like, committing the ultimate sin like that, you know, like, it's hard, like, when you feel depressed, and you're at that lowest point, point, you're very vulnerable, and I think those, those are the moments where, like, the spiritual warfare happens, where, like, the devil may come and say things to you that could be your negative thoughts that, you know, that causes you to want to harm yourself, and, you know, those are very dangerous points, but I think... You know, when it comes down to, you know, you just really have to pray for them and hope, you know, that God does forgive them and he does still, you know, shed light on them. Because I still believe, and I believe that he still loves them, like, with whatever sin they have caused. Like, speaking from from my cousin's point of view, like, when he committed suicide, like, I, I believe and hope that, you know, God still forgave him shed light on him but personally i don't think we can speak for god if he was willing
2: yeah um kind of the same like what jay had mentioned too but um just kind of coming from what i believe um i believe i still believe god is a forgiving god and he you know probably saw and seen, you know, everything. He knows everything, and so um, I, especially like, the ultimate sin and whatnot there, um, I still believe he's a forgiving God, so. Same.
4: Um, I I agree with Jay and Christy. Um, We can't, I feel like I don't have (laughs) much to say about that because we can't speak on behalf of God. Um, But I just, yeah, Christy <clears> brought a good point. It's um, he's a, he knows, you know, what's to come, and he knows everyone's thoughts. He knows what's going on, and and so I think it really, I can't say anything about that. Um, yeah.
3: So if we, if we answer based off of what we were taught growing up about how. Um, if you commit suicide you go to you go to you go to sin (laughs) you go to hell then the answer to adam's question according to what we've been taught is no they still go to hell but um, and uh, that's for god to decide (laughs) that's just based Mm -hmm. off of what taught Um, because it it's kind of just like even if i didn't have a mental disorder but i grew up without parents And no one to guide me. And I was a bad person. And in the end. I couldn't deal with all my actions. And I killed myself. That doesn't excuse. um, The act of committing suicide. And my life. um, Before that doesn't excuse the fact. That I committed suicide. So in this sense. And I'm just. I'm not saying I agree or disagree. I'm just trying to. I don't know. I guess play the devil's advocate. Or just you know see it from different sides. So in that sense. If someone with a mental disorder commits suicide, um, also, like everyone said, that's not for me to decide. But if from what we're taught, it's the mental disorder doesn't excuse the fact that you committed suicide at the end of the day. You know what I mean? There's mm-hmm. plenty of things that you could have done before you committed suicide. Like you could have seeked help. You, you could have, you know, done things to um, try to... I guess, help yourself and and the situation around you, and I'm not saying that, you know, these people haven't, or they they tried, and and in the end, at the end of the day, they, um, you know, they just gave in or whatever, you know, like, if we're talking about, like, um, you know, the pastors that committed suicide,
1: um,
3: they have he like one of the pastors from socal he created a foundation for depression and and um helping people with that but at the end of the day he's he still committed suicide so in those circumstances like you know i do believe that sometimes you know you you just give in to things and i think i see it sort of similar to like um, I always bring up alcohol anonymous and stuff, but I see it like with people who struggle with like drugs and alcohol, like it's on your mind 24 seven and, and you have to literally fight to keep it off your mind and, you know, you have to keep busy. And, and at the end of the day, when you're, when you're alone at night and you're going to bed, what's the number one thing that's on your mind? The thing that's always been on your mind, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's just because I've seeked help for. Um, like the beginning part of my day and I feel better doesn't mean when I'm alone at night, I don't feel the things that I feel that I've always been fighting. So, I mean, yeah, it's not my place. um, But if you're asking for an answer, then from what I have learned, um, I will just say that no, um, it's not excusable just because you have a mental disorder. Um, Man, this is... I don't want to be um, the villain here, you know. But I'm just saying, based
0: of what I've
3: learned, and and this yeah. goes um, this goes along with like how we talked about gays and homosexuality. Like, no, it's not okay, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and no matter how many people have in my life that, you know live that lifestyle, like, this is just from what I've learned growing up, and what, um, what I believe, and it's not even, like, oh, it's what I've learned, so, you know, that's just what it is, like, it's what I believe, too, you know, so, I don't, I don't, as much as I can feel for you, I will try to help you, but at the end of the day, my feelings would be, like, like, you know, it would, I think I would be more hurt, because I know, deep down inside, that despite, your um your issues and the problems and and how long you've seeked help, like you did the final act, you know and and it's no longer in my hands it's in god's hands, and we can say that God forgave him because God understands his situation or her situation and everything, but um I can't help what I believe you know I mean I don't know all the right answers I don't know how, how to rebuttal when people argue against me, um but that's just what I believe yeah. Okay, if y'all want to kick me out now, go ahead. Adam, you're
1: No, I actually really agree with you, with that, um, Nancy, you know. With this, God is a very just and loving God, no matter what, you know. And like you said, with mental disorder, we go through seeking help and, like, and... What you brought up earlier about going to the hospital through the physical side. So with this, we look at three parts into this, which is the mental, the physical and the spiritual part. And I think when it comes to this, this decision making, it comes down to the spiritual warfare. And we need to understand this part too, that like the mental disorder becomes a spiritual warfare. And it could change like that in in the blink of an eye. And we have to look out for that. And, you know, like you said, we don't speak for God. We don't know what he will think of this. But just because they have a disorder does not give them the excuse to commit the sin. Mm -hmm. And so I believe that God is always going to be a loving God, no matter what. But to forgive them that's a that that's something that we have to ask him one once we meet him one day, and yeah, you know um one of our friends actually asked me this because her her sister committed suicide, and I didn't know how to how to answer this or how to even like go about to comprehend this, and yeah. We talk about mental disorder and having the different types of disorder can cause about how we think, how, how we feel, you know, what we do. Sometimes we may not understand how we feel. Sometimes we may go through a lot, you know, sometimes we may not go through, not go through anything at all. And we call those the dry season. How do you help someone to cope or process their emotions, their feelings? Because, like I said in the beginning, mental disorder is not just about the mental part. It's about how we feel, too. It's about the emotional part.
0: Um, I think for someone to heal or to be able to, like, be at peace, I think the first process is always acceptance. Uh, You just kind of have to accept, like, what's going on? How are you feeling? I think people always have issues of like, they're not happy, like they're sad, so they're not okay with it. But I think like the process of healing, you have to understand like, it's okay to be sad, it's okay to be not happy, you know, like these are all processes that it's, all, it's just a process. Like, it's fine to be sad, it's fine to be not happy, but it's not okay to be stuck in that point for a long time, you know, like you have to just let it sink in, go through this phase, cry it out, you know, do what you need to do, and then let it go and move on from it. But I think that's the hard part for people is once they just fall in so low, like it's hard for them to get back up. Um, my best advice is just, you know, you have to just take a moment to yourself, really appreciate the things you have, like cherish the small victories you have. You know, like Every day you, if you wake up, you have another chance to live your life, like cherish those moments. You wake up and you still have food on the table still have a house. Like, you know, these are small things you could, Cherish, but I know like it's cliche to say because we all like ignore these like daily small things. But when you're at like the lowest point, you know just cherish the small victories you can have, even just from just making your bed to be able to cook breakfast. These are all little things that you can do to just give you some kind of motivation, you know. Because you know if you can't accept things that have happened and you always want to change things, you know it's just not possible. You know it's not possible until you fully accepted that, you know, you've lost, and how do you learn from that loss, and that's when you can fully grow to be happy,
2: yeah. Cool, all right, so, um, I think when helping someone cope or process, um, I think definitely bring up, like, the positive, um, what do you call it, like, okay, so, like, (laughs) there's the positives and the negatives, so, like, the negatives would be more like you know when people turn into turn to drugs or alcohol to cope with their feelings and emotions right um and we know like drugs and alcohol can have like really can really trigger you know some parts of our brain and whatnot so a lot of time it's a negative outcome to that, but what I mean by positive is, you know, um, you know, turn to people you trust. Um, maybe some people are not really good with expressing themselves by talking to others. Maybe find, I don't know, things to do like uh, people like singing. You know, they express themselves that way, and that's a um, or like do art. You know, people express them their themselves that way through sorry that way by that way too. <laughs> I'm like stuttering. Um, you know, like, definitely just um, I mean, like us being in the church, um, leading youths also, um, just be there for them, just give them, like, show them that empathy and compassion. Um, and I think when we're talking to people, ask open-ended questions instead of just, you know, like the yes and no questions. Um, if you really want people to talk to you, you know, ask those open-ended questions, um maybe people are talkers and that's how they will you know, cope and process their feelings. <laughs> I'm all over the place, but um I think focusing more on like the positives uh rather than the negatives will really help.
0: Sure.
4: Yeah. I like that. Um uh, I think for me definitely just try to be an encouragement to them or, like, encourage them. Um, Like what Christy said, be positive. Um, You know, you don't have to go around being negative and you you never know what your negativity and how, like, you never know what it can do to other people, you know? And I'm not saying that you can't express your feelings at all or, like, hide hide your emotions, but, like, if you know someone who is, um, who is Having those problems, like try to be positive around them, be, um, try to encourage them, um, just be there for them. And I think, just if anything at all, let them know that you are there for them and you, and let them know that they can always come to you. Um, yeah, I think it's just, uh, I like how Christy said, you know, ask open ended questions, like encourage them to talk about themselves and their feelings and um just be the positive light for them you know Mm
3: -hmm. (laughs) um I think when uh, my first answer would be well I don't know if I have any second or third answers but uh, I think the first thing I would say is um I like when Justin was talking about acceptance um, I think the first thought that came to mind was uh, when someone like for example when someone has cancer um, the best thing they can do is <clears throat> accept their condition and do whatever the heck they have to do to help themselves go through treatment and you fight for your life um, So when people have mental disorders it's like I said it's it's the same thing but it's a it's a condition of the mind you know so the first thing, like Justin was saying, I think it's just acceptance, accepting that you need your medications, you need those treatments to help you fight for your life you need um to accept that people want to be there for you and to help you um just the same as if you had cancer and people want to be there and help you as well um and i'm not I'm not saying they're equivalent, but it's just an example of you know any condition that you need help um and like everyone else is saying, you know um. When you're sick and something's wrong, what do you need to do? Seek positive, um, positive reinforcements. You know, um, and like all the examples Christy gave, um, just surrounding yourself with positive things and trying to stay away from negative things. <laughs> and if I don't know if a lot, of, if you guys know, but <clears throat> um, a lot of people with mental disorders turn to drugs and alcohol because it helps them numb um, their mind and numb their condition. And it keeps them kind of just you know like not focused on their conditions, but at the same time, um, those drugs and alcohol they actually um, it's like a synergistic effect like it synergizes and it it um, amplifies your mental disorders. So they think it numbs and it kind of, like, depresses, like, all the mental issues, but in actuality, it actually amplifies it, and that's what makes it worse, and that's, like, it goes along with what Christy was saying, like, to keep them away from negative things, because um, what they don't know hurts them, (laughs) you know, like, um, yeah, most of the time, when people come into um, mental hospitals, they they come in because, one, they've stopped their drugs, um, and their mental disorders they it's kinda of like a rebound effect, like it the drugs helped you and once you stop it doubles. And that's why you know you find them in the streets trying to kill themselves because they stopped their drugs or two, um, they've taken like alcohol and drugs and it's amplified it. So that's also another reason why they come in. So um yeah, I I think <laughs> helping people cope, um, it's just to accept their condition, accept the help and accept that they have to do what they need to do in order to fight it, accept the people that want to be there, um, for us, um, as the bystanders to just be there with them through the process, be there with them yeah. as if, you know, you're there with your, your friends during cancer, you know, um, talk to them about their feelings, talk to them about how they feel um, about their day or you know, just the whole process. Ask them how they're feeling about everything, you know, and sometimes just being there and being silent is enough, you know. Um, I don't don't think any of us have the right answers. And even even those who have family members who um, have always had a mental disorder where, you know, they're used to it, I don't even think they have the right answers. You know what I mean? So I think the best we can do is, know that at the end of the day we really did try to be different be a change for them you know um and accept what isn't accept what you can't do to help (laughs) because we're not trained in these areas we don't know the right answers we don't know what the right things to say the best thing we can do is just hopefully react the way we would want people to react towards us if we were in those shoes yeah
0: most definitely just showing that, you know, we care and make an effort. I think that's all you can really do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of the most important things is to show compassion. And what mm-hmm. is compassion? Compassion means to suffer with, you know. Mm-hmm. Just being there, a shoulder for them to cry on. You know, just an ear to listen. You know, just someone or just a mouth to give them a word of word of encouragement. It's really important and it goes a long way for them to understand that they are not alone. For them to process their feelings and emotions and that they are not alone in this and they have someone there, you know, for a hand to hold them through. This is very important. And I wanted to bring this up. You know, this is our ending verse. I wanted to end on a a Bible verse with this. And that is Philippians chapter two, verse one through four. And it says, therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the spirit, if any affection and mercy fulfill my joy by being like minded, having the same love, being in one accord of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also the interests of others. You know, for us to understand this first, we, we really understand other people and really be open-minded to what they have, you know? Mm-hmm. and to really be open-minded with the mental disorder that they have, whatever that they're going through, whether it's, you know, depression or, you know, bipolar, schizophrenia, PTSD, et cetera, you know, anything that's all about that. It's very important for us to understand that disorder. And so, yeah, that is my TCNY podcast. Thank you for tuning in and join us next time for our next as we break the bread.